Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 5th of June, the 156th day of 2023, with 209 days ahead of us on our way to 2024. As our transition months to summer in the Northern Hemisphere, June is the English name for the Latin Junius, so named, according to Ovid, after the Roman goddess Juno, the goddess of marriage and the wife of the supreme deity Jupiter. Ovid also conjectures that Junius is derived from the Latin word juniores, meaning younger ones, which, of course, so much of juvenile flora and fauna portray this time of year. We are fortunate here in Down East Maine to have an assortment of youngsters gracing our landscape and lives in June, young plants, young animals, all in a lush display of nature born wild and trying to stay wild. Welsh-English poet Glyn Maxwell, who has done a few stints in the U.S., was at first surprised by some of the wildlife in our neck of the woods, as he tells us in Coyotes by the Elliot House. I didn't expect them here in the green northeast, figured them things of rocks and high sierras. There goes another one bounding for the bushes. First time I thought, that's a dog acting really strangely. But it didn't turn back for approval or get distracted by an insignificant thing, as a dog will tend to. No, it was gone by now. It had made me nervous. They're the size of a family dog, but they're on their own. Last night, all of them started howling, all the coyotes for miles around in the bushes. Heavenward in the southeast sky this evening after sunset, Antares, the brightest star in the constellation Scorpius the Scorpion, will be keeping June's full moon, the Strawberry Moon, company. June's full moon is also known variously as the berries ripen moon, the blooming moon, the green corn moon, the birth moon, the egg laying moon, the hatching moon, the honeymoon, and the mead moon. Meanwhile, Maine's whitewater canoe and kayak racing season concluded this past weekend with the final event of the Macro Downriver Point Series, the Millinocket Extreme Canoe Race, where more than a few folks swam part of the way. And on other fronts, data concerning COVID-19 is becoming increasingly difficult to obtain as major number crunchers such as the CDC, Johns Hopkins, and the New York Times are having difficulty gathering current data since many government suppliers of that information are no longer collecting it which is more or less in sync with the change in such major facets as the U.S. National Public Health Emergency, which took effect three years ago and expired almost four weeks ago on May 11th. Two weeks ago, however, the CDC listed 247 deaths in the U.S. at that time from COVID, the lowest COVID fatality rate nationally in a long, long while. So good luck, everyone, coping with future variants. Today in 70 AD, Titus and his Roman legions breached the middle wall of Jerusalem on their way to the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, and thus the event seen by many as an important date in the course of the Jewish diaspora. Today in 1661, Isaac Newton, not yet a sir, was admitted as a student to Trinity College in Cambridge, England. Today in 1805 occurred the first recorded tornado in southern Illinois, part of the region that would become known as Tornado Alley.
Today in 1833, the first computer programmer, Ada Lovelace, met mathematician and inventor Charles Babbage. Today in 1851, Harriet Beecher Stowe's anti-slavery novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin, was first published in serial form in the National Era. Today in 1927, Johnny Weissmuller set a new 100-yard and 200-yard freestyle swim record. Today in 1944, having received favorable weather reports, General Dwight Eisenhower decided to proceed the next day with the D-Day invasion of the European mainland. Today in 1968, presidential candidate Bobby Kennedy was assassinated by Palestinian Sirhan Sirhan at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Today in 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev received the 1990 Nobel Peace Prize. And today in 1934 in Hugo, Oklahoma, John Henry Moyer, who was a laborer, and Reuben, Ruby Johnson Moyer had a son they named Bill and whom they raised in Marshall, Texas. Of his father, Bill Moyer once said, To this day I cannot remember him saying an ugly thing about anybody. As a boy, Bill listened to Ed Murrow's wartime broadcasts, which then inspired Bill at 15 years old to take a job as a cub reporter for Marshall's New Messenger. He had also become further inspired in 1948 by a crowd-swaying speech delivered by Lyndon Johnson, who at the time was serving in the U.S. House of Representatives. Soon Bill was hired to handle all of Johnson's mail. After Lyndon Johnson persuaded Bill Moyer to transfer from the small college he was attending to the University of Texas at Austin, Bill became the assistant news editor for KTBC Radio and Television. Later, he won a fellowship to the University of Edinburgh and then attended Southwestern Theological Seminary, where he earned a divinity degree in 1959. Bill Moyer worked with Johnson again during the 1960 presidential campaign and then became deputy director of the new Peace Corps in the Kennedy administration. When Kennedy was assassinated, Johnson made Bill Moyer the presidential press secretary. Once Johnson left office, Moyer became publisher of Newsday magazine and then became a regular figure on public television. He noted, There are honest journalists like there are honest politicians. When bought, they stay bought. Today is also the birthday in 1813 of Danish philosopher Søren Kierkegaard, in 1818 of German philosopher Karl Marx, in 1865 of American journalist Nellie Bly, in 1883 of English economist John Maynard Keynes, in 1901 of American ragtime singer and guitarist Blind Willie McTell, in 1942 of American country singer Tammy Wynette, in 1943 of English comedian Michael Palin, and in 1988 of British pop rock singer-songwriter Adele. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Westella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 12th official week of spring and to the 23rd week of 2023.